This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, today I want to talk about uh, a subject that, again, we started this church on. And I remember uh, 22, 23 years ago, seeking the Lord, finding a place, in a quiet place with God, and asking God, Lord, what do you want for, you know, the church of Muskegon? What do you want for uh, my wife and I to do and to be on this new adventure, to start a, a new work in this, in this city? And God was so clear. He says, teach people how to hear my voice. Teach people how to hear my voice. And so today, um, we're going to revisit that. We're going to talk about it. In fact, for the weeks to come, we're going to try to share with you because never has it been more difficult because of the oppression, because of the spirit of fear that is living in the environment that we live in today. You know, uh, just e- this, this week... I had some incident in my life that was catastrophic and never did I experience so much fear as, you know, personally in my own life. And wondering, okay, God, where are you in this? What are you saying? What do I do next? And I began to, you know, thank God. And this is what's really, the Bible says, be thankful, be thankful for whatever you go through, what experience you go through. And so that Thanksgiving wasn't for the experience. I was thankful that God was teaching me who he is in the hour that I'm living in. And that fear is literally of the enemy. The spirit is a spiritual fear and it clouds us from hearing the most precious thing in our life and that's God's voice. And we're gonna learn today that God is always speaking. He didn't stop speaking, he's always speaking. But are you always hearing? And is there, is there things in your life that are cluttering his voice to you? And, and this week, I, I remember uh, being up 2.30 in the morning, um, fear gripping my life. What, what next? What could possibly happen? All is lost, you know, in these situations. These were the thoughts. And then Satan would have certain little um, moments. And the Bible says that Satan left Jesus because Jesus got victory for an hour. But then he came back for an opportune time. Satan doesn't leave you alone. He's got a, he's got a strategy to get you down, to destroy you. And God has a strategy and it's called who his son and his presence of who he is and you need to hold on to it. And here's one of the things I've learned is that, you know, God took my shame, but he didn't take my fear. It's my job to overcome fear with the spirit of God. It's your job to overcome fear. God's not gonna take your fear from you. You need to overcome fear. The Bible says that we're not to succumb to fear. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of love and power and a sound mind. Let me tell you something. At 2.30 in the morning, I wasn't feeling any love. I wasn't feeling any power. And soundness of mind was lost somewhere around 1.30. But God is always present and you have to press in and through. And it took me about a week 
to get the peace of God and the, you know, and the pace with God. And I'm so thankful for the experience because here's what I've learned. You know, wisdom would have been able to give me this, you know, give me this knowledge or understanding of God without the experience. I would have loved wisdom without this experience. But the thing is what I'm learning is that God, was, God would allow me to have experiences in a pathway of areas in my life because he has made my life on planet earth not to be here. I'm not here to stay, okay? I'm here to pass through this life into the next one. So whatever is in this life isn't going to hang on to me anyway. Whether it's frustration, whether it's fear, whether it's hopelessness or disappointments, whether it's uh, uh, sickness or whatever, it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And so what happens is when we go through these events in life, what, do we, what is our normal thing? Cling on to something that's right around us. We'll cling on to something that's of this world instead of cling on to something that's not of this world is Jesus himself. He said, I go and I go to a place and I'm preparing it for you. Are you allowing yourself to get caught up in that place now? Or are you just waiting for that place to all of a sudden be just, you know, transpire? He's prepared that place. But see, your heart needs to connect now with the place where you're going to be. Now, um, this week, uh, my wife and I know we have a showing on our house. And so we're preparing for the people to come and have a good showing. And, you know, hopefully they'll purchase it, whatever. Point is, as I'm trying to make is this, is that God has prepared a place for us and that we can walk in that place. We can walk in, that, in his presence. In fact, I love, I was just, just caught up with this week with the, the um, perspective of Solomon building the temple. He gets done with his temple, finishes this temple, and it's so filled with God's presence that the priests themselves can't even function. They're just like, boom. Another one goes in, boom. Just, I mean, because of God's presence. Can you imagine God allowing having that presence of who he is in your heart? You can get so caught up in it. And that's what David was talking about. He says, you prepared, you know, a place for me in the midst of my enemies. You could be in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the COVID, in the midst of all the experiences that are going around, and you could be so much feasting with God in your heart. I would love to feast with God in my own heart and not worry about what's going on on the outside. But let me tell you something, Satan works on you. He'll work on this and he'll work diligently on it. In fact, you know, I have never done this before and I've been saved for quite a few years. I actually was praising God for making such an amazing adversary. Because he wasn't an adversary first. Lucifer was one of God's most marvelous creations. So full of splendor and understanding and wisdom and insight. So full of leadership. So I said there and going, God, you made an amazing creature that was so wonderful. And I can see why he was so dear to you. I need wisdom how to, how to oh, you know, literally deal with this adversary that you wonderfully created that turned out so uh, terrible. I need your wisdom. I wasn't, that's why I wasn't going over there and saying, the devil's dumb, the devil, because he's not. He's not. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something. You know, he's under my feet. He need, let me tell you something. That is a, 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 that's a directive that I need to take 
diligently with God's presence and his power and his wisdom because he slips from underneath the feet and somehow gets eye-to-eye contact with me on an hourly basis. He belongs underneath my feet, but I need to put him there. Amen? And I'm doing everything I can to put him there. You need to do everything you can because God has given you the authority to do so. And the only authority that you have is God's word that's alive inside of you. Otherwise, all you are is hot breath. I don't know about you, but I don't need more hot breath in this world. There's a whole lot of that, okay? What we need is the word of God alive on the inside of me is an oracle of God to speak over my life, over my marriage, over my children, over the church family, over this generation that needs Jesus so desperately. And the only way that I can speak the oracle of God is if I'm hearing his voice. So let's dig into this if we could. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. Kind of going to do a little bit of history, how God spoke before, so we can understand how God's speaking today. Okay, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. So we get, God speaks many times and he speaks many different ways. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses his very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from all our sins, he sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So... Real quickly, God speaks in many different ways, many different times, through many different people, all right? But now he speaks through his son. We're going to get to more than that in a moment. John chapter 10, verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Can you recognize God's voice today and come to him? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. One more passage here, 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe every one who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge that truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So the Antichrist spirit is already here. Verse four, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to the world. They speak from the world's viewpoint. Can you see what's going on today? People are always speaking from the world's viewpoint. They speak from the world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them. But we belong to God. 
and those who know God listen to us. So there's a differentiation. God says, look, there's a world speaking, and then there is, say it with me, God speaking. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has a spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Never has there been so much of the spirit of deception than in the hour we are living in today. Never has there been more lies that are poured out than in the hour that we are living in today. And why does this surprise us? The Bible says that the Antichrist is going to rise up in these last hours. Well, of course, he's the father of lies. So if his spirit rises up and has more fluidity in it, then there's going to be more lies in our world. So we as a church family, we don't fear the lies. We are the ones that understand and recognize the voice of God in our lives. And we can tell a truth from a lie. Number one, it, all, it's, it might be hearing God's voice. It might be different than how you think. But God is always speaking. It might be different than what you think his voice is saying or how his voice, but he is still speaking. Let me give you some clarification of that. Finding it, everything we find, truth, and the only thing we have as a basis to stand on is the word of God. The Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever go against his word. All the Holy Spirit hears, the Bible says the Holy Spirit doesn't invent new things. What the Holy Spirit does is give us interpretation and understanding of what God's word already says. All right? Let me give you some examples. Jesus is a healer. Yet you don't hardly hear about that talk anymore. Jesus came here. By his stripes we are healed. We are healed. Okay? We are healed of COVID. We are healed of cancer. We are healed of headaches. We are healed of emotional distress. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a redeemer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and not 2020. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and 2020. Amen? That's who he is. Now the thing is, is if you change your perception and understanding of who he is, then you're walking away from him. You're not walking in him. The Bible says that we must know who he is and walk in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have being. But if we're not in him, we're not moving, we're not living, and we're not having being. Let me give you an example. Jesus as a healer, because it might be a little bit different than what you think. All right? He laid hands. In Luke chapter 4, verse 4, 40, it said this, When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses. And Jesus laid hands on each one of them. So Jesus healed people by what? Laying on hands. Well, today we're, we're told we can't touch people. Well, how in the world is God's truth going to get conveyed or moved if we can't do what Jesus said this is the fact you read Hebrews chapter 6 and I didn't put it in my notes but read Hebrews 6 one of the very foundation stones of God is laying out of hands literally it's a foundation stone so I'm a builder and I realize how important foundations are if you fundamentally don't understand the foundation stone or understanding of laying out of hands then you're missing a key element of your temple staying true laying out of hands there should be laying out of hands in a marriage going over there speaking over each other there should be laying out of hands of your children there should be laying hands over the sick now we're not going to get into laying out of hands laying out of hands is one way that Jesus healed all right 
2. He commanded it to be so. In John chapter 5, verse 8 9, he spoke to the sickness, the demons, the ears and the eyes, the sick person, the mountains. He didn't pray about them, but used his authority. We should do the same and expect the same results. Jesus said this, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. He spoke. Now let me tell you something. That comes from inside. You know that authority's on the inside. But we're so clouded with so much going on in the world's viewpoint. What are people going to think? What if something doesn't happen? It's not your job to bring about the results. It's your job to speak the authority. God is the one that reaps. All you are the one that sows. You are the sower. He's the reaper in that part of it. You just do what God tells you to do. And you do it with the authority. He spoke it. So now we realize, laid hands, he commanded. He spoke it in John chapter 4, 49 through 50. It says this, and Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. He spoke a word. And you know, the man just went back and said, I believe it. Just as he spoke it, I believe it. God used faith triggers. Okay, you know what a faith trigger is? All of a sudden, God will do something. You know, we, we'll see it, and we'll read in the Bible, and Moses had a staff. Why did Moses, God use that? Because it gave Moses a, a faith trigger. It helped him understand. God does this all the time. He wants us to, he, God wants us to recognize and be attached to his plan. And so God goes over there, and he uses a staff, he uses a donkey, and in this situation, he spit. He spit. I mean, we'd all think that's gross today, right? Well, I mean, if all of a sudden you came up to me and said, hey, pastor, would you pray me? I went, <laughs> I mean, just, you'd, what would you do? <laughs> you'd like turn around and go, what kind of church is this? But yet Jesus went over there and he was trying to help us understand. Stop, like what Jonathan said, stop getting so comfortable with your perspective of who you think God is. Allow God in the moment where you sense and go, spit away. Because you recognize it was God. It wasn't Pastor Ron. God moved in the hour at hand. And you can sense it. Let me tell you something. I can get, when, when my wife gets around, I can feel her presence. I can smell her. I can touch. I can grab I, my emotions, my whole structure. I'm attached to who she is. That's how we should be about God. All of our senses should be exercised. Through. God's in the house. God's here. And so God chooses all these different ways. He uses the word of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? When God will speak something or he will speak through you about something that you, nobody else knew. I've had many different experiences. I've had, I literally had, miracle, I've known of two miracles that have flown through my life out of words of knowledges. God spoke. Here's one that Jesus did, all right? In Mark chapter 9, 25, it says, and this is, this is a person, with a young boy, who was an epileptic boy, went all these seizures, and the disciples couldn't seem to get him free. Jesus rebukes the deaf and mute spirit. Now he's, he's having epileptic seizures. How would Jesus know that it's a deaf and a mute spirit? It was a word of God. Could, Jesus could see in the spirit realm go, that's not a physical handicap. That's not something he was, that, 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 that child was born with. That's not because there was a problem with delivery. That's a deaf and mute spirit. Come out of that boy right now in Jesus' name. That's what God, that's what Jesus, that's called a word of knowledge. We'll get more to that in just a moment. 
And then sometimes Jesus goes, you know what? He had to pray more than once. How many, how many realize if Jesus had to pray more than once, you probably got to pray more than once. Can, can I tell you something why I have to pray more than once? It's really simple. Because a lot of times I'm not convinced when I prayed it the first time. Until you're convinced of what you're praying for, you're not praying. Until you're convinced. You know, I can tell when somebody is convinced. If they're, like, for instance, I remember uh, purchasing this uh, gun. And I'm not a person that, I have a, a couple shotguns. And I never use them. But I remember purchasing these shotguns. And I went to, the, and I, I went to buy them, actually, because the, the actual... Uh, person that owned the, this business many years ago was struggling financially. I thought, well, you know what? I'll buy these guns from him. I'll help him, you know, financially. And, and, and I'm a person that does well usually with money and stuff. I went, guns don't lose money, so I'm out nothing. So I go over there and I'll, it's, it's like, you know, it's like gold. I go over there and I can put these things on the shelf and if I have to, I can sell them later for probably more money than I paid for them. So it doesn't hurt me at all. So I, anyway, I purchased these two guns. But I know nothing. I mean, I know nothing to the point where I actually shot this gun, didn't put safety on, almost shot my foot off. We won't talk about how dumb Pastor Ron is at this moment, all right? So anyway, so point is, I didn't get lessons, which I should have done, but I didn't get lessons. Point is, this guy talked to me, and, and I just shit. He goes, well, why is this gun better than this gun, and yada, yada, yada. And his confidence and his wisdom sold me in purchasing that gun. Let me tell you something. Satan is the one keeping your prayers. God isn't. You need to pray. And number, the Bible says that until faith is that a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. That means, let, the Bible says, let that person think they'll receive nothing from God until they get singly minded. So when I pray more than once and I pray again and I pray again, it isn't because God's not hearing me. God heard me the first time. The problem is, is that Satan has a right to keep it from me. Say it again, Satan has a right to keep it from me because I'm double-minded, unstable in my thought process because I went, well, did I pray that right? Did I believe that right? Going over there. I have to be fully convinced, fully convinced that what I have prayed, that I will receive. Why? And it takes me a little while to get fully convinced. Now, I don't know, maybe it takes you a little less time, but sometimes for certain areas of my life, I got to pray it and pray, ask, seek, and knock. And then all of a sudden, light bulb, it's inside of me. Now the truth has set me free. I can't see it any different. I know that this belongs to me because I'm not of this world. Nothing can keep it from me. Not of this world or another world can keep it from me because that thing belongs to me. It takes me a little while to press into that truth and receive that truth in my life. And then some, there's one other time, again, we've been given all these different examples of how God healed. And another lady goes over there, and all of a sudden, God says, virtue left me. This woman had issue of blood, you know, like uh, in her teen years. Not teen, she wasn't a teen, but she had it for like 14 years. And all of a sudden, she touched Jesus. It leaked. Can you imagine having so much power and virtue of God inside of your life that you just leak God? I mean, you just, that's what the Bible says that, you know, his, he'll, your, the Holy Spirit will come over you so much that you're so filled to overflowing that it just leaks. In fact, so much so that they said that the shadow of Peter healed people. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, his shadow, that's total leaking God, amen? 
And yet today, all we're doing is leaking opinions, the world's viewpoint, and COVID, and perspective of everything around us. We're not leaking God. We're leaking more of the world. I ask you, body of Christ, get yourself in God's word. Feast on his word. Feast in his presence. And if you are struggling like I was at 2.30 in the morning, get in the word of God and let God's heart resonate inside of you. And it may take an hour, an hour and a half to press into all the, the, you know, press past all that fear. But let me tell you something, Satan will come. But when you start praising God, you start worshiping your God, you start telling the devil where he belongs and how, who, you, who you belong to. He may press a little while, see if you're for real. But after a while, he'll get tired of the torment because he's in torment as you praise God. He's in torment as you claim the promises of God. He's in torment as he sees a, a child, a redeemed child of God claiming who they are in Christ. That's tormenting for him. He can never have that peace of God. He can never have that authority of God. He can never understand that presence of God again. He can never have what you have. So give him a reminder of who you are in Christ. Get in that presence. Don't let his presence overcome you. Don't succumb to that. Press out of it. It's yours. God already gave it to you. Last of all, um, actually, no, not last of all. Number two, we tend to limit God in how he speaks to us, but he gave us Jesus as a helper. In John 14, 16, the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. In verse 16, the world cannot receive him. Sometimes you go over there and you try to talk to people about God and you're sharing with them and you're going, why don't you get it? Why don't you understand? They are not going to understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. That's why we'd say it's so important to receive the, what you need to do is share them your testimony. Don't try to convince them of a truth. It's foolishness to them. What you need to do is convince them of how great and the love and the joy and the peace you have on the inside of your heart because you have Jesus in your heart. And then allow them to see the Jesus inside of you and go, I, like a, I want a piece of that. I want a piece of that rock. What's going on in your life. Let God show them through the victory that's inside of you. You will live in so much disappointment trying to convince people to change their viewpoint. When they're of the world, they're gonna talk like the world, smell like the world, think like the world. That's exactly what they're gonna be. And you're not of this world. I don't try to convince people with my insight and my wisdom. I just try to tell them how good my Jesus is. Amen? And when I am in my darkest hour, he was there at 2.30 in the morning. Do you have them? You know, when somebody else is in their darkest hour, I mean, what are you, you know, what are you smoking? What are you drinking we go to put away that dark hour? I'm not. I'm in that dark hour. I'm with Jesus. And his presence fills me. And I don't have to have the nasty hangover when I wake up in the morning because of it. Amen? Because that's what the world does. When they go through that dark hour, they're looking. They're, they're grabbing at everything they can from this world. What has this world got to numb their pain? I don't want something that numbs it. I got something to help me overcome it. Number three. You need to invite the Holy Spirit for the interpretation. In life's difficulties, you're going to experience things like I just did. We are experiencing all new things. A year ago, if you would have told me that churches weren't going to be open for Easter, I would have laughed in your presence. A year ago, if you would have told me that, you know, that uh, California now, they won't allow um, people to worship God without a mask on, I would have 
laughed. I would have thought, you know what? I don't know what you're smoking, but it's, you know what? You need to get off of it, all right? I would have had no idea what you're thinking or talking about, but today we're living in that hour where there are things that are happening at such a rapid pace that it's hard for us to grasp. Some of us are responding angry about it, but we shouldn't be angry about it. What we should do is be mourning it. We should be crying out to our God. Is God still a healer? Yes. Is God still victorious? Yes. Is God still got a different picture? Yes. Are we supposed to follow the world's viewpoint? No. Are we supposed to follow? You know what? We're supposed to hear the truth. Let the truth set us free on that course. And we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. This is the greatest hour to live. And I believe we are going to see a mass movement of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that there's going to be miracles and healings. I believe there's going to be signs and wonders. I believe there's going to be a total fullness, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He promised it. God promised there would be a lot of rain. Now here's the thing is, I don't think anybody's literally pouring or actually funneling. That's why we're talking about hearing God's voice. I think so many people are seeking just a way through this viewpoint. They're not seeking who God is. They're just seeking a way through it. How to tolerate, how to overcome it. I'm not here to try to overcome the world's viewpoint. I'm not of it. I'm not of it. I'm trying to hear what God is saying in my heart and quiet everything around me. God, what are you speaking? I want to hear you. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? How is your power going to work through and be fluid in my life today? Holy Spirit, speak through my life. John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, Jesus said this, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of us own if you belong to it. Here we are again. But you're not, you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of this world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me naturally, they will persecute you. And if they did not listen to, had not listened to me, they would not listen to you. And one last passage, and we're going to close. 1 John 2. Do not love this world. Not, can I just share, these scriptures are coming alive in me more in this hour than I've ever had. I've been, I've been saved for many years. And I would look at these scriptures and they, and they, they were alive to me. But now they're, the, they're my bread. They're my food. Before, they were something I had on the shelf and I looked at and go, that's a cool scripture. Really, you know, that's cool. I didn't, you know, I didn't live in, I didn't have to live in a, in a, a world underneath you know, I didn't have to go over there and hide my, my face. I was, I, I, I can still say I was, I was excited about what my faith was. Even yesterday, I had, um, I had a, a couple, this guy had cancer. And uh, we, they were going to rent a couple CDs for me. And, and, and we told him he was on drugs. You could tell he's on, you know, he's high. We go, no, you can't go. And his wife just started crying. Just, I mean, bawling uncontrollably. And, he, and it's, and it's uh, basically the doctor has diagnosed him to take these drugs because it's a way of through it, okay? And I'm, I'm not judging that at all. And she just, she, just, she's just, she just lost her stepdad and now she feels like she's losing her husband. Well, you know, we don't just, we're not observers. We're engagers. So I went in there, grabbed my wife, went over to the table and I said, let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's let God move. Who cares about the other stuff? 
And see, she's looking for an experience to numb the pain. She's not looking for Jesus. I don't want something that numbs me. I want something that heals me. Amen? And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking about mentally. I need a viewpoint of God in this hour. I don't need more of the world's viewpoint. All right, one last passage. 1 John 2. Do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Okay? For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. Again, we talked about this world viewpoint. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does, not want, does what pleases God will live forever. Now, there is nothing wrong with owning nice things. There is everything wrong with them owning you. I'll say it again. There's nothing wrong with you owning nice things. There's everything wrong with them owning you. And so, what is your craving? Is your craving a lot for more of God? And, and to be a vessel that God can be fluid through your life? That he's filling you, your temple up so much that people, you're leaking God. Wouldn't that be cool if people go there, man, you leak. You leak God. Father, I long to be that. To just be so filled that I leak you. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Lord, those and, and Father, and right here in the sanctuary right now, and those, Father, that are, are watching or watching futurely, God, I pray that, Lord, we, we could... Teach us how to seek you. God, we long for your presence. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. With all the views and opinions and all of the controls that are seemingly endless on our lives today. Father, I pray that we can release ourselves from it. And just, Father, for, for those moments to, to get caught up with you. We, God, we love you. I love you, Lord. I love this moment with you right now. We worship you. We worship the greatness of your presence, the majesty of who you are, and the majesty of your creation. And God, we thank you that, Lord, that, that COVID or cancer, God, or divorce, God, or, or unemployment, or Father, that, that, Lord, just all of the things of this world that have a viewpoint of this world, God, they can grow strangely dim in the midst of a rainbow moment with you, a prism of light. You are so colorful, God, so majestic in all of your ways. And God, you're longing for you to be able to speak into our lives. So here we are, God, speak. Teach us how to hear. Give us ears to hear. Give us a, a perceptive heart. God, we pray that you forgive us for getting so filled up, even angrily, getting filled with the viewpoints. God, I pray that you forgive me, forgive us for the frustration, the chains of this world. God, they're broken in you. We adore you, God. With your heads bowed, and right now if you're streaming or we're going to catch this later, with your head bowed, 
I want you to pray this prayer with me and invite Jesus as your personal Savior. Church, repeat these words. Jesus, I invite you in to my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from the world's viewpoints. And I ask you, God, that through your word, that I'd have a hunger for your truth, that I would see you for who you are. Lead me into all the truth. Deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power. In Jesus' name, amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.